Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hello and welcome to another podcast episode here with Faith and Family Fellowship. I'm your host. My name is Chris Busher. Tonight we had a very very special interview uh, with Dr. Andrew Knight. Uh, Dr. Andrew Knight, he's an apologist, a speaker, an author. He's the founder of Excellent Way Ministries, and he has an incredible testimony um, just of the way that God, God called him, God saved him, the different things that he has been throughout the rest of his life. Uh, he has been following the Lord in many different states, including a couple different countries, preaching the gospel of Jesus, focusing on apologetics and about facts and about laying a correct foundation with Jesus Christ. I've interviewed a lot of people, and I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is one of those interviews that I'm very passionate about because of my personal interest in uh, biblical apologetics. Uh, This man, he has written three different books. I can't wait to tell you a little bit more about them as soon as we get into the interview. Uh, Before we do, let me just go go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and just welcome him here in this podcast. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for every single gift that you've given us. Father, for your love and for your mercy, for your generosity. God, we thank you that you have called different men and women around the world from so many different situations, so many different backgrounds, and you have brought us together in unity in your name uh, to learn from you, to learn about you, to be strengthened, to be encouraged. God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. The Message for the Last Days by K.J. Sowes explains the history and progression of end-time prophecies found within and outside of the Bible. It reveals the original message compared to changes in culture over time, leading to our vastly different interpretations. The future is revealed through understanding the past. Check out the book and audiobook at www.kjsoze.com. That's kjsoze.com or search for the title on all popular online bookstores. Tired of no one seeing your Instagram posts? Have a product or service that's not getting the online attention it deserves? Ready to level up? At Busher's Social Media Marketing, we have just what you or your business have been looking for. Our team of dedicated professionals are ready to help you grow and engage your audience. No spam, no bots. Just good old-fashioned quality social media marketing. Visit Bushersmm.com today. 
Okay, everybody. So joined with me tonight here in the studio uh, from all the way in New Smyrna Beach, Florida, we have Pastor Dr. Andrew Knight. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it is so great to have you uh, here on Faith and Family Fellowship. It's it's such an honor. I've been going through your website, uh, looking you up here on social media, uh, looking through some of your books. It's just a real, it's a real privilege to be able to interview you and and let our listeners here on Faith and Family Fellowship just get to know a little bit about you and about your ministry. Uh, one thing that we always ask every single one of the people that we interview for this show is we want to know very first off, right off the bat, uh, what is your Christian testimony? Why do you believe in Jesus? Why have you given your life for Jesus Christ? Uh, can you go ahead and just, just tell us the reason? Everyone's waiting to hear it. Sure. Well, the the ultimate re- reason, I was brought up in Episcopal home. My dad was a priest, and I heard... Um, all kinds of peripheral things, but I never really heard about a personal relationship with Christ. And I, uh, when I was 15, my dad actually introduced me to a youth leader, Andy Cabot, and he and another high school student, Lenny Wells, invited me up to Andy Cabot's farm in New Hampshire. We were in Massachusetts at the time. And um, I went up there the first for a few days with the guys, and the first night there, they uh, in Walpole, New Hampshire, they uh, showed me from uh, the the bridge illustration and showed me some scripture. And really what caught my attention that really I can even picture it in my mind today was First uh, John 5, 11, and 12. And I just remember, you know, consciously understanding that if I had the son, if I had Jesus, I had life. And if I didn't have Jesus, I did not have eternal life. And it was like a math, math equation to me. I just realized I needed Jesus and I needed to invite him into my heart so that I could have eternal life. And I accept, accepted him February 19, 1981. And I went back home, a changed uh, young man in my whole world view changed from that point forward and it used to be very basic and there's certainly a a great reasons to stick with the basics no doubt but my basic world view became are you saved or are you not saved and I started inquisitively asking friends at high school about 1200 students in the vocational school I went to I I would ask them if they knew Christ as their Savior, and nobody knew. I asked people at the Episcopal Church, and they didn't know. And I asked people in my family, and they didn't know. And I spent a little more time, a fair amount of time, trying to win my family members to Christ. And But they didn't know. They had no idea about eternal salvation. Yeah, and, that's that's never an easy thing, especially with family members. Were you successful in that area? Well, we, um, while I was in high school, I had one friend named Jack that I think um, maybe in a very peripheral way, he, he accepted the Lord. I don't know. I've kind of lost track of him over 38 years or so or 35 years since high school. But um, 
My family members, no. I, nobody that I know of in my family has yet come to faith in Christ, and which is which is fairly painful. Yeah. And um, and hard, but um, but that's the way it is. But I've seen many people come to know the Lord in my uh, different ministries I've been involved in since since I've trusted Christ as my Savior. Amen. Yeah. So after after you received Jesus Christ and you you started following Him, uh, what did, what did your life look like after that point? I know that you you were saying that you were trying to you know reach your friends and your family. What were kind of the next steps? What, what was really leading up here uh, before you began everything that you're doing today? Well, the the um, thing is, I went I I um, went in the Air Force about a year after high school, and I was really searching i really hadn't i had a um i went to college church while i was in high school uh years but really didn't learn a whole lot and then when i was in the air force i was really searching and i was visiting a lot of churches trying to figure out where i belonged what i believed and who could help me grow uh in my faith in christ and i really i bumped around a lot and i had really great fellowship with people in the Air Force and Campus Crusade, of course, was very active on the base. I was in Southern California. Of course, you could look up in the San Bernardino Mountains, usually on uh, when it wasn't smoggy, and see the Campus Crusade headquarters in um, in uh, the San Bernardino Mountains. And we were um, about 500 feet above sea level we're, uh, on the base. And... Um, so that was great, but I didn't. I still hadn't connected until I'd gotten off active duty. I was back, actually living in Connecticut in the Air Guard, and I went to a bookstore because my twin sister Karen was getting married, and I wanted to buy her a Bible for her wedding for their wedding present. And so I went to this bookstore. This lady named Norma Muddy there, and she made me promise I would visit Calvary Baptist Church, which was really around the corner from the bookstore a mile or so away. And I, I promised her, and I, and I showed up the next Sunday, and I heard the preacher preaching. Uh, Dr. Thomas Zempel was preaching from the King James Bible, and he was preaching expository messages, and I, and I was just blown away. And I really had to concentrate in the messages. He kind of taught in layers of truth. And it was just like, you know, waves hitting in the face. And um, I really, really enjoyed enjoyed it and was really challenged. It was really, really, sermons were very challenging. I really had to, but that he made a big impression on me. And I told him I was called to be a pastor. And he sat me down, was, was challenging me to get a doctoral degree. And... Uh, and I, it was so funny because I hadn't gone to Bible college yet. And here he's challenging me to, you know, tackle eight years of college. Yeah. And um, which was which was funny, but it was a great challenge. He said, Andrew, the call to the ministry is the call to prepare. And I'll never forget that. That was uh, 30 years ago this year. I love that. And Can you say that quote one more time for our listeners in case they didn't catch that? Certainly. Um, my pastor told me, uh, Dr. Zempel told me, Andrew, the call to the ministry is the call to prepare. 
and it, it's a it's an age old quote. It's probably um, probably not much used in my circles because um, advanced education isn't necessarily um, the highest priority. Um, very small percentage of pastors have um, graduate or postgraduate work. Postgraduate work, I'd say, more than anything, but. Yeah, so the the call to the ministry is the call to prepare. And in other words, you you got to learn before you teach. Yeah, I guess it's pretty straightforward. But you know, hey, look if if you love God's word, word, you will sacrifice. You will change your plans. You will reorganize your life. You'll pack up and move. You'll do whatever it takes to get. Um, the Bible education that God's calling you to so that you can better help others understand his word in all. You know, some, you know, I, sometimes we say the Bible's, you know, written on, a, you know, some say it's sixth grade level, some say eight or ten, but um, it's it's the most complex, simple book there is. I love that phrase. It's, it's complex, right. simple. <laughs> <laughs> So it's um right now I'm I'm teaching through the book of Isaiah and it is eating my lunch. Oh yeah. Because it is ex- it is ex- and I'm I'm di- trying to dig out apologetic passages in the book of Isaiah. So it is um and it's taking me upwards of half a week per week to to prepare. Oh absolutely. Re- yeah. Absolutely. And uh, but it is it is you know, like uh, this past weekend, one thing I learned is that we, we, I was preaching on the, the burden of Damascus, and I learned that Damascus had 365 streets in it, and each one of them had a pagan god named after each street. So literally, they were worshiping a different pagan god every day of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and also, you know, found it was the oldest city in the world. So, um, so there's just a lot to dig out there, and and um, so I I um, so I I joined this church uh, 30 years ago, and nine months later I left Pensacola Christian College, and um, it just it just changed my life because I didn't come from a family that was having family devotions every night. And yet, in the dorms, we had prayer meeting every night. Uh, we had devotions. We, you know, um, we were on, I was on a hall they called Jericho Hall because we were 23 and older. And I quickly found out that everybody on the hall mostly was prior military. Oh, really? So it was, yes. And there's a couple of things I wanted to mention about that because. What, not only did I make friends quickly because everybody had a connection on the hall, a lot had a connection because they were all in the service, but also I found out through my time at college that a lot of these men would go to be stationed different parts of the world. They'd go to Okinawa, uh, Japan. They'd go to Rheinstein Air Force Base in Germany and they go to different places, and God would impress on their hearts for missions in that that people group in that part of the world, and then they would come home off of active duty with a burden for that 
part of the world and they would go to Bible college and then leave, then raise support and go back where, where the United States government had sent them previously uh, as an active duty service member and given them a burden because the Bible says thy eye affects thine heart. Yeah. And so, you know, we, I don't know if it was a saying, but basically we, you know, we, it was pretty well known thing that, that, you know, God was one of the biggest recruiters or the, excuse me, the, the federal government was one of the biggest recruiters of missionaries that we knew of because (laughs) God, God would use people's service time to give them a burden for, for, um, different people groups around the world. Isn't it just amazing the God that we serve and the different ways that he will just use different situations, different different governments, different people, different places, oh, yeah. all to fulfill his purpose. Uh, and before I go any further, I just want to thank you just, just for the time that you gave in service um, in, in the military, just from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much uh, for what you did and answering that call. Uh, how long were you in the service? Uh, just over six years between active. I was actually active in the duty, and then I went the Air Guard, and then I, when I went to college, I moved to another base, um, Eglin Air Force Base in uh, the Panhandle of, of Florida, and that was about 50 miles east of Pensacola, down I-10. So I would travel down there and and stay at the B- base. Um, Saturday night, sometimes, sometimes um, Friday and Saturday. Um, so you were on base early Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, and how yeah. how old were you when you got out of the service? Well, it was about twenty seven years ago. So I was about uh, twenty seven years old. Okay, and then you, from there you went directly to to Bible college and. How, how long? Uh, how long did I'd, you stay there? I'd already been in Bible college two years. Okay, at that point. when I got got out. Perfect. And so after after Bible college, what, what what did you graduate with? And then what what did you what did you do uh, with this great gift that God has given you? Well, I I first first thing I went up to back up to New England because I really did I didn't have any real ministry to go to yet, so I. Um, so I went home, and then after a couple weeks, I did found a, find a, a church to um, that wanted me to work with them on a volunteer basis in uh, in Central Massachusetts. And then I was there about eight months. And then I had I had heard about a church in Connecticut. They had a lot of they probably had twenty students at Pensacola Christian College. So I. And I knew that pastor started that church in in Wallingford, Connecticut. Pastor Baker. So I called him up and said I wanted to come down and visit his church and talk to him about how he started that church and and I told him how I heard about it. So I went down there and first thing he did, he uh, I went to morning service, Sunday school morning service, and uh, he he uh, brought me in his office after church. And first thing he says, "What are you doing in the fall?" I said. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> and he said, why don't you uh, come teach here? They had a Christian school. So I um, so I packed up and I moved back to K- 
Connecticut and in Wallingford, Connecticut, and uh, taught at Heritage Christian Academy uh, in in um, let me see. 94, 95, 90, in, into 96, or 86, excuse me, 80, 80, uh, five, six, seven, uh, four, five, six, somewhere around there. Is that kind of where you got your start as being a speaker? Um, well, it was after that where I actually started preaching more because I had a, I had a Sunday school class there that I, built up and uh i t- i taught for a while and then they wanted me to go work in the church more and so they gave me all their records i asked for all their uh bus they had a big they had three buses three bus routes and i asked them for all their records from all their bus contacts and i just started visiting all of them and winning tons of people to christ and families and kids and everybody and i would be out visiting seven days a week and uh, in between church on Sundays and um, did that for um, about about a year or so and then um, talked to the, my pastor, Pastor Baker, about starting a church and he was behind, behind that uh, with me and so I started kind of surveying some towns up in the Boston area I knew there was a big need there um, for churches, and so uh, I ended up, uh, myself and a couple other preachers were driving through Danvers, Massachusetts, and I just got the feel I'd already been there before, and um, so I ended up renting American Baptist Church building, and they had service in the morning, so they didn't have an afternoon or an evening service, so we rented their building in the afternoon. We had a 2 p.m. service, and we um, just started knocking on doors. And I, I started raising support for an, a few months, and I should have spent more time raising support, but I, it gave me opportunity to go to churches and present the uh, the ministry, the proposed ministry, and... Um, you know, present myself to churches and would would start gaining some support that way, and just just drove all over New England, and, um, in Maine and Vermont and all over Massachusetts, crisscross Massachusetts, just constantly, and um, and so that was my first real experience, um, doing any amount of preaching. Yeah, and just and then, just a um, passion starting the church. You it's it sounds just from from listening to your experience there all the different driving the different sacrifices that you were making, uh, especially with with the Sunday school and, and growing that that you had this passion for for Jesus, and I know a lot of that came from uh, when you were explaining about your salvation experience. But could you tell me you know a little bit about what what you found most passionate? about following Jesus. I know that that at the beginning you talked about why you gave your life to Jesus, but why did you uh, continue to follow him with such passion and going and sacrificing your life in different ways? Uh, Was it always easy? Did you kind of go through some ups and downs? Can you tell me a little bit about that passion that you have? Well, I I guess it it probably started when I first got saved because like I say, I went out and surveyed people in my, you know, I wasn't making a formal survey, but I would be asking them if they 
knew the Lord or not. Nobody knew the Lord. Even at the church I was attending, nobody knew the Lord. It sounded crazy. But, you know, I came to the conclusion that I was a missionary. You know, before I had any real, any kind of training whatsoever, and it was just by, uh, I was a missionary by default. Yeah. If everybody else didn't know the Lord and I knew the Lord, then somebody had to tell them. Yeah. Um, so, but was it easy? It probably has been one of the most, most challenging times and probably, uh, a, a lot of challenges. While, while I was in, uh, Danvers, Mass, I was on Thanksgiving Day of 96, I was in a fire and oh, wow. I was 80% burned in a fire, fourth degree burns. And I ended up getting med flighted to a hospital in, in Boston and spent a year in the hospital recovering and then was in a wheelchair over a year after that. And in fact, I live in Florida now because of the, the injuries that I got while I was at the first church plant in, in, uh, on the North shore of Boston. So that has been uh, a life changing and, um, you know, very, very difficult and, and never goes away. It's just a constant, um, constant, uh, battle. Uh, you know, it's a battle of compensation. You're compensating for your health. And, um, in fact, when I'm preaching on TV, I'm, I have that, this TV broadcast. I'm actually sitting down. I'm not standing up while I'm on camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, a lot of times I have a coat and tie on. Well, every time I have a coat and tie on, but a lot of times I'm wearing shorts and sneakers, but you only see the top part of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're, you have a TV channel or a TV show. Can you tell us a little bit about that? A little bit more. What are, what are you doing today? Uh, I know that you just mentioned about having a TV. You're an author. You have three different books out there available right now. Tell us kind of what your daily life is like. What do, what are you doing today serving the Lord? Well, I, I um you know, every day I'm 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 actually I I work at a at a business that I have as well, so I'm constantly juggling between um writing other books. I have a, another a fourth transcript, actually a fourth and fifth transcript that I need to edit and um so it's a constant battle for time, but um, Saturdays and some and many times Sunday afternoons, I'm I'm studying. I'm just you know I don't have a lot of time during the week, so Saturdays and Sundays I'm just cramming, or in between services on Sunday, I'm just uh, really studying as hard as I can. I'm I'm teaching through the Book of Isaiah, and so. Like last night, we we uh, we didn't start taping till about 9:30 last night because I needed once I got home from church, I need another hour, hour and a half to get my. I teach off uh, uh, off a teleprompter, so I have a manuscript. I have about 15 pages of manuscript notes every week, and uh, we teach off a teleprompter, and. Um, so, you know, it's about 1,700 words that I'm putting on paper every week. So oh, wow. we get through that, and then sun, Monday morning I just wake up, and it's like, oh, where's the coffee? <laughs> Time so, to do it all over again. 
Yeah, do it all over again, but it's all good. I mean, it's it's like I look forward to the week, and then I look forward to the weekend, and then I um, so you know I'm like I say I'm juggling. I'm I'm looking at at uh, wor- carving out some time in September, maybe to go bury myself in a cabin in Tennessee and and work on my second uh, volume of Transformational Truth. The first volume is a biblical apologetic, but you look at all my 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 the b- three books I've written in the in the second volume I'm working on. I mean, apologetics is really where my heart's at, and it's basically uh, is the Great Commission. And you know, it, it's my my interest of education is has has excuse the expression has evolved as time has gone on because I the Lord has shown me different things. So I, you know. I did two years of the M, the Master of Divinity. Then I kind of bailed on that, and then I did a, and I did, I got the the one year Master's granted. I did a second year of the MDiv, and then I said, well, no more Greek and Hebrew for me. <laughs> so, uh, so I went into it. I I said, you know what? This, we need the gospel, but I I just got it, the Lord impressed on me that that we need to drive the word deeper. So I said, you know, I'm going to pursue the MRE, the Masters of Religious Education. So I did that degree, and then I got done that, and that was just enough credits that got me into a, a doctor ministry program in leadership. And then I got about a year and a half after I got done that degree, I was bored, so I started a, a Masters in Biblical Apologetics. But I really, I've been searching for a degree I for a long time in apologetics, and I couldn't quite seem to find a PhD where I could get into. So I did this this MA in apologetics um, and just finished a year ago in May, and I just thrilled my soul. And, and what is apologetics is, is um, giving people a, a reason for the truth that's in you, as First um, Peter 3.15 states. And um, giving people a reason to believe Given, you know, persuading them, Paul talks about, uh, you know, preaching expository and reasoning out of the scriptures from morning till night in the synagogue. Yeah. What's he doing? He's arguing for the faith, and he's arguing why the Jews need to trust the Messiah that the Old Testament, it's all over the Old Testament. The Messiah is promised. And it can only be Jesus Christ. It couldn't be anyone else. The bloodline leads right to Christ. Uh, the the Old Testament evidence is overwhelming, if I could use that word. The Absolutely. presupposition of the Old Testament presuppositions are overwhelming. And um, Paul was arguing for them to get saved, to trust Christ as their Savior, and uh, that just really got a hold of me. And then now I'm now unbeknownst to me when I I got advanced staying in this last degree in apologetics, so I only did 18 credits. But that was just enough. First of all, I could teach on that subject because I'm I got 18 credits or more in that. But secondly, it was just enough for a prerequisite. Part of the prerequisite for a PhD, THM, and PhD program in apologetics at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, which I, Lord willing, hope to start attending a year from September. 
and um, and by the way, a minor in in church history. <laughs> Love church history. So it's one of my passions. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that, yeah. that that's a passion of yours as well. Uh, just so my uh, listeners uh, can know your books, uh, I just saw from your website they're available on your website. They're also available on Amazon and uh, a few few other places that you mentioned. Uh, but the three books that that are available, we have Leadership: The Lord's Way. Children's yeah. Ministry Leadership, and then you were just speaking a yeah. little bit about Transformational Truth, the Biblical Apologetic, and that's the Volume yeah. 1. You mentioned that you have a Volume 2 coming out soon? It's, it's, yeah, it's it's getting baked right now. Oh, perfect. We have, I, have, I have one chapter to go, and they'll both be right at... This one, the first one is 352 pages. The other one will be right at 350 as well. They're, they're each, they're each going to be eight chapters... And they're very they're varied in their content, and um, the, it it begins the chapter one begins with a biblical worldview, how to develop a biblical worldview. And every one of us, almost eight billion people, have a world a worldview. It's the the problem is it's generally, by and large, is not a biblical worldview. But every Christian should know how or why they believe what they believe and kind of put those building, know how to put those building blocks in place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now, so you have these books, you, you have your own uh, TV show. Are you, I heard a rumor that you might be having a podcast coming out soon. Is, is that true? It within a week or so it should be. Yes. It's, um, it should, it's going to be called apologetics now. And it's actually, will. Uh, at least in the beginning, is going to simulcast my TV broadcast. Um, so, but it, yeah, it should be on iHeartRadio and iTunes and oh, I think eight other platforms. I can't yeah. wait to personally be listening to that. Apologetics is one of my passions. I I can listen to it for hours and hours. Uh, I have a lot of students here where where I teach, and they're always asking me about different facts. They're asking me about where they can be finding different uh, apologetic authors, uh, and I can't wait to be able to direct them uh, to your different books. Uh, before we close this podcast, if you could give one piece of advice uh, for all of the listeners that we have today, whether they're a new believer or a seasoned veteran believer, if you could give them one quick message, what would that message be? Well, I, I would I would say um, get involved in your local church and get involved in um, significant discipleship or if you have a Bible institute or uh Bible college that's local or online. Um learn all you can because it's you know, life isn't just making a living but how, knowing how to live. And um Bible education will hurt nobody. No one. So I would say, you know, be you know, everything God wants for your life is in the is wrapped in his word and and you know if we focus on his word then god brings everything else that we want in our life it come it, it kind of he pulls that in so yeah absolutely <laughs> and just one more time for our listeners uh, we are we are speaking with dr andrew knight um he's an apologist a speaker an author he's the founder of excellent way ministries 
and we could uh, connect with him uh, via Facebook. I think I saw Twitter as well and LinkedIn, uh, and especially on his website. It's excellentway.tv, uh, and you can look through his books to find it on uh, on Amazon, on various other platforms where uh, books are being sold. And in the description for this podcast, I'm going to be making sure that I can put all the links in there as well for people. And when when your new podcast uh, does come out, your new your new podcast channel, if you send me a message, uh, Doctor, I'll make sure to put that link in here as well, so all of our uh, future listeners uh, for years to come can be able to know exactly where to be listening to that podcast. Uh, and I personally look forward to being able to download each episode and be able to share it with with not only myself but my students as well. If I could ask one one favor for you, would you please uh, pray a prayer blessing over the people listening to this podcast and uh, kind of pray us out today? Certainly. Dear Lord, we do thank you, Lord, that we can fellowship around the things of the Word of God, and we, we thank you for technology that we can uh, minister and speak into lives of people that we may never meet in, in around the globe that we might touch people's lives and that that we would be uh, better and more like Christ as a result. And uh, both serving and um, growing in Christ is, uh, is uh, such a blessing. And we just pray that you might just uh, bless each one that's listening and do uh, continue to do a great work in each one's uh, lives, and uh, we will just uh, trust you for uh, the things that you're yet to accomplish in through uh, our lives, and we, we thank you for this. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Knight, for, for taking the time to come on Faith and Family Fellowship. I hope you have an absolutely blessed night, and I look forward to meeting with you again in the future. Have a great night. Thank you, sir. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.